Welcome to the Dauntless Faith Podcast. This is your host, Leslie Ani. We began this Bible study series by considering the reasons why it is so important for Christians to study biblical theology and doctrine. The more time we spend studying the Bible and studying biblical theology from reliable sources, the more our walk with Christ will be strengthened, the better prepared we'll be to share the gospel, and our worship will be deeper and more joyful. Continuing our series with an in-depth study of 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 15 through 17, we have learned that we need to firmly settle in our hearts and minds that Christ our Lord is holy, that we need to be better prepared to make a defense for our faith in Christ, and that we need to be gentle with unbelievers while maintaining awe and reverence for our Lord. Today, we will continue our in-depth study of 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15-17 through 17, with verse 16, which says, Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. This week, we will focus on the part of the verse which tells us that we are to have a good conscience, which leads to good behavior. When I think of our conscience telling us how to behave, I think about Jiminy Cricket in the movie Pinocchio. Jiminy Cricket is the conscience for Pinocchio, who is a puppet made out of wood. Jiminy Cricket persistently tries to convince Pinocchio to make choices that honor his father Geppetto, who created him. Instead, Pinocchio winds up on Pleasure Island, where the worldly pleasures draw him into willful rebellion. Shockingly, we find that Pleasure Island is a trap that turns boys into donkeys and sends them off to be slaves in the salt mine. With the help of Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio barely escapes. Finally, Pinocchio's character shines through and he takes a risk to save Geppetto's life. The Blue Fairy flies in and rewards this brave act by turning Pinocchio into a real boy. The movie ends on a note of celebration and joy. While this is not an exact illustration, it does give us a picture of how problematic it is for us to have a good conscience that leads to good behavior all on our own accord. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, the Greek word for conscience means co-perception and moral consciousness. That Greek word comes from a combination of Greek words that mean a union with understanding, that is, the co-perception. Our conscience is connected to our understanding of what is right and wrong. The word consciousness means in one's own mind, or another way to put it, our internal sense of things. The word moral refers to what is right as opposed to what is wrong. So, our conscience is the internal knowledge that helps us judge right from wrong. Our conscience is the ability in us to determine the lawfulness or the unlawfulness of our own actions and affections. This is a big problem in our culture today because relativism is so prevalent. Relativism means that everyone looks to themselves to determine what is right for them or what is wrong for them. Relativism claims that there is no standard of absolute truth that defines what is right and what is wrong. 
The problem with this is that God is the creator of our world, of our whole universe. And as sovereign Lord over his creation, he alone determines what is right and what is wrong. So what does it mean to have a good conscience that leads to good behavior? And how do we strive for this without becoming a bunch of modern legalistic Pharisees? The answer to this begins with our heart. What kind of heart do we have? Do we have a heart that is true to the Lord? Or do we have a heart that is still unrepentant? In Luke chapter 6 verse 45, Jesus said, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. Before we knew Christ as Lord and Savior, we were woefully lost in sin. All of us are born into this world with a sinful nature and a heart that is not true to the Lord and his ways. In fact, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 tells us that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately sick. In Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, Jesus said, What comes out of a man, that is what defiles him. For from within the hearts of men come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these evils come from within, and these are what defile a man. This totally negates using the phrase, this is how God made me, as an excuse to keep sinning. God is indeed our creator, and Psalm 139 verse 13 and 14 confirm that God knit us together in our mother's womb. However, We are also born with a sinful nature that mars the beauty of God's creation. God does not and cannot create sin. Any sin in us is from our sinful nature that we inherited from our parents who inherited it from their parents who inherited it from their parents all the way back to Adam and Eve. The sin in us did not come from God. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 and 20 reiterates that the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy and rage, rivalries, divisions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24 remind us that our old nature harbors deceitful desires and that when we live in that sinful nature day after day denying the lordship of our creator calluses form and harden our hearts and darken our understanding. Romans 1:21 warns us that when people do not honor God or give thanks to him then they become futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts are darkened. Do you remember in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26 from the last podcast where we learned that unbelievers have been snared by the devil and captured to do his will? Like the donkey boys on Pleasure Island. 
our hearts before we know Christ as Lord and Savior are not good hearts that lead to good behavior. They are wicked and deceitful hearts that lead to wrong behavior. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 16 tells us that we need a good conscience in order to have good behavior. The word good means not weak, not defective, sound, uncorrupted, and undamaged. We have something much better than some fictional blue fairy cartoon that turns dead wood into life. We have the one true living God, the Almighty Lord, who has all power and all authority, who corrects our defective and corrupted heart by giving us a new heart that desires to do His will. And He does this even while we are still dead in our sins. God is not waiting for us to prove how brave and true we can be before He brings us back to life. He knows that we have weak and defective hearts that cannot produce good consciences that result in good behavior. He knows that there is no way we can save ourselves. So in his great mercy, he made a way for us to be redeemed and brought back to life to be made new and whole. In Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 25 through 27, God said, I will also sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to carefully observe my ordinances. We see that promise fulfilled in Jesus. Hebrews 9.14 tells us that it is the blood of Christ that purifies our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews 10.22 continues by saying that because of Jesus, our great priest, we have a true heart in full assurance of faith with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It is God who gives us a new heart and a new spirit that longs to know him and is able to follow his ways. Yet it is our responsibility, according to Proverbs 4.23, to guard our new heart with all vigilance. It is God alone who saves us. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves and nothing we have done to deserve salvation. Yet it is our responsibility, according to Philippians 2 verse 12, to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. This does not mean that we earn our salvation through works. This means that we participate in the sanctification process by growing in biblical knowledge of our Lord. This guarding our hearts This growing our knowledge and faith in Christ Jesus and learning how to follow His ways is why we should spend more time diving into God's Word and learning from others who have studied biblical theology and doctrine. We need to spend more time getting to know our Lord and learning to judge right from wrong by His standards. Think about someone that you have a close and loving relationship with, such as your good friends, your parents, or your spouse. Out of our love for them, we make the effort to get to know them. 
we know their favorite color, their favorite foods, how they enjoy spending their time, and what makes them laugh. We also know what makes them sad, what hurts their feelings, and what they dislike. Then, in the context of that relationship, we do and say things that honor the relationship, and we do not deliberately set out to hurt them. We guard that relationship, and we don't pursue activities and affections that could destroy that relationship. We don't gossip about our friends or do things that make them feel unwanted. If someone still lives at home with their parents, then they should follow their parents' rules and don't do things that break their trust. If we are married, then we honor our spouses by being faithful and true. We don't lie or have affairs or do things that break up the marriage. It is the same way in our personal relationship with our Lord. We spend time studying the Bible so that we are equipped to guard our hearts from being led into the sinful ways of the surrounding culture. And when we do sin, we should confess our sins so that God will forgive us and our fellowship with Him will be restored. We don't lose our salvation every time we sin, but unconfessed sin or sinful habits do cause a break in our fellowship with God. The more we study God's Word, the more sensitive we are to what is right and what is wrong in God's eyes. Our actions and thoughts are to be connected to our affection for our Lord and to our understanding of what is lawful and unlawful according to the Word of God. The more we understand what is right and wrong in God's eyes, the more we are grieved by the sin in the world. It grieves us when we see unbelievers acting out in vile behaviors that are contrary to the Word of God. But this grief should not be some great offense that leads to anger and pride and self-righteousness. We need to remember that our conscience is good only because of God's work in our hearts, because of Jesus' death on the cross, and because of the Holy Spirit convicting us and leading us to the truth of God. As believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us that makes us sensitive to what is right and wrong. Unbelievers do not have the Holy Spirit in them that is convicting them of sin and leading them to the truth. Remember that our response to unbelievers should be gentleness, mercy, and compassion. And we should pray that God will give them a new heart and a new spirit that will long for God and His ways. We should pray that God will rescue them from the snare of the devil and that God will lead them to repentance. But even more than grieving over unbelievers walking in sin, it should grieve us deeply when we, as Christians, as God's people filled with the Holy Spirit, behave sinfully and contrary to the Word of God. In the last podcast, we learned that to fear the Lord means to have awe and reverence for God, where we love God and His divine character where our heart's desire is to shun everything that can offend such a holy God. Being in a personal relationship with our Lord means that we want to please Him and we want to live our lives in the context of that loving relationship. We want to spend more time studying God's Word, praying and worshiping. We want to get to know Him and understand His ways. The more we get to know Him and understand His ways, the more we can judge right from wrong. 
the more our conscience is in union with the understanding of God and his ways, the more our actions and affections will flow out of that good conscience. Psalm 19 verse 8 tells us that the precepts and the commands of the Lord are right. They cause our heart to rejoice and our eyes to see what is true. Psalm 119 verse 105 declares that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The Bible shows us the way to go. Not only do we need to use the Bible to train our conscience to know right from wrong, but we also need to guard our hearts from wrong influences. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, we are told, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 advises us to walk with wise people and avoid becoming companions with fools. This doesn't mean that we have God's permission to be rude to people or to never be friends with unbelievers. It means that we need to be careful who we are spending the most time with. Even in the church setting, we need to be on guard. 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 warns us not to believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 3 tells us to watch out for anyone who teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verses 2 through 5 gives us a long list of characteristics that should steer us away from corrupt company. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. These passages are not talking about someone who is striving to follow Christ wholeheartedly but makes mistakes along the way. These passages are talking about people who are in church but refuse to follow the authority of God's word and are trying to lead people astray with false doctrine. These are also people who pretend to be godly, devoted Christians but refuse to repent from ungodly behaviors that are consistently displayed in their life. We have been warned in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, that the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. The Greek word for seared means to brand, as in using a hot iron to burn the flesh. Searing hardens the conscience and makes it insensitive to God and his laws. We need to be careful that we are not following these false and deceitful teachers in the church whose consciences are not sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Instead, we should plug into fellowship groups and church communities that wholeheartedly desire to follow Christ through studying the Bible 
through prayer, and through worship. We need to fellowship with people who will encourage one another to stay faithful and devoted to our Lord. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 12 and 13 remind us that we are to help each other guard our hearts. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a wicked heart of unbelief that turns away from the living God, but exhort one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Faulty fellowship is not the only way that we can be led astray from keeping our conscience good. In the definition for conscience, we see that not only is it the ability in us to determine the lawfulness or unlawfulness of our actions, but also of our affections. The word affection is not a passive, mild feeling. Affection is a passion for someone or something. It is how our mind is bent toward a particular object. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 call us into a lifestyle of spiritual worship where we become more and more transformed by the word of God and less like the culture around us. We are to make choices to live our lives in a way that revere and honor our Lord instead of making choices to live in a way that reflects the surrounding culture. What has our affection? What has our undivided attention? What has us in the drunken stupor mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33? In other words, what are we spending so much time on that our minds are too distracted, too numb, or too foggy to pursue our Bible studies? Do we spend more time binging on television series than we do reading and studying the Bible? Do we spend more time on social media than we should? It is easy to pick up the phone and scroll through the newsfeed while we are waiting in line at the store or waiting for a doctor's appointment. Instead, download a Bible app and read scripture while you wait. Or download an app to help memorize Bible passages. I use an app called Verses that I have really enjoyed. On this app, I can choose which version of the Bible that I want to use and choose which verses I want to memorize. It also has a section on memorizing the order of the books of the Bible, as well as a section to memorize catechisms and creeds that will help deepen our understanding of biblical theology. As Christians, how are we training our conscience to be sensitive to God's moral laws? How are we keeping our hearts soft and sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? Are there any activities or sinful habits in our lives that prevent our conscience from being sensitive to God's laws? Are we continuously watching television shows or movies where we find ourselves applauding behavior that does not line up with God's word? Such as an unbiblical divorce because that person would just be happier with someone else. Are people living together outside of marriage? Are a group of friends getting drunk at a bar because one of them had a bad day at work? Simple things that seem to make sense from a worldly viewpoint, but they are contrary to the Word of God. The way we spend our time influences how we think and influences our ability to determine right from wrong. I'm not saying that we should never watch a movie never binge on a television series, or never catch up with our friends on social media. There is a place and a time for rest and entertainment and fellowship in our lives. 
What I am saying is that we need to be careful to guard our hearts from being led astray from God's ways as revealed in the Bible. We need to be diligent about learning how to follow Christ as his disciples. In his book, The Holiness of God, R.C. Sproul wrote about the renewal of our minds in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Dr. Sproul wrote, The key method Paul underscores as the means to the transformed life is by the renewal of the mind. This means nothing more and nothing less than education, serious education, in-depth education, disciplined education in the things of God. It calls for a mastery of the word of God. The key to spiritual growth is in-depth Christian education that requires a serious level of sacrifice. And, just to clarify, Christian education means biblical education. That is, our main textbook needs to be the Bible, and our studies need to dive deeper into understanding the Word of God. This mission of getting to know our Lord and His ways requires us to balance learning to honor our Lord with our actions and affections in the context of His grace and forgiveness. In this ongoing process of getting to know our Lord and lining up our lives with the understanding of who He is, we will all make mistakes. When we do make mistakes, we should embrace God's grace and forgiveness for our imperfections. At the same time, we cannot use the grace and forgiveness of our Lord as an excuse to do whatever we want to do. We need to live in God's grace and be sensitive to conviction from the Holy Spirit. This is where guilt plays a role in training our conscience to know God's ways. Guilt is not always the bad thing that our culture says it is. A lot of times, guilt is the Holy Spirit convicting us of a sin that we need to confess, a wrong that we need to make right, or a sinful habit that we need to break. Psalm 139 verse 23 and 24 remind us to ask God to search our hearts for anything that does not line up with his ways and to lead us to understand his ways and to follow them. Following our Lord and His ways shouldn't be done with a begrudging attitude. We shouldn't act like rebellious children who reluctantly behave just so they can get a prize that is better than the satisfaction of the moment. The relationship with our Lord should have a real desire to honor Him, like the joy and praise of having a good friendship or having a good marriage. We want God to create a pure heart in us to instill a good conscience in us that reflects the joy and praise of His salvation to the people we meet. We'll close today's podcast with Psalm 51, verses 10 through 15. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please join me on our next podcast as we continue our study on 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. For more information on Dauntless Faith Publications and other Bible study resources, please visit our website at dauntlessfaithpublications.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, and Instagram.